Father, we bless you, we honor you, we give you praise and glory for you alone are worthy, God. You deserve it. And we thank you, God, for the opportunity to come together as a corporate body. As we experience your presence, God, it's our desire, God, that you just continue to manifest yourself in this house, God. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for ministering to our hearts. That as we stand before you, God, God, our, our desire, God, is that you speak to this house, God. God, that you speak a word that challenges and encourages and builds us up, that strengthens us. As we desire to see your, as we desire to see your plans and your purposes come to pass. Not our will, God, but your will be done. Not our will, God, but your will be done. So, Father, we thank you now for speaking to your people. Right now, we lift up Bishop Jackson. We lift up Jaden and Seth and Joshua and Kenton. Lord, we just pray that you would just continue to keep them covered. Speak to their hearts, God. Father, we thank you for revealing yourself to them in an even fresher way as they've submitted to your call. And God, it's our desire that you just be glorified, that as, as, as God bless them for their willingness to go. God, we just love you today. We thank you for who you are and for what you're doing. We thank you for keeping us. We thank you for speaking to our hearts on today. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's go to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verses 23. Verse 23. And the reason he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Amen. If any man wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Amen. Bishop was talking about the cross of Christ on last Sunday. So we just want to talk a little bit more about it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Jesus is talking to his disciples in, in this passage of Scripture. Um, and he, he proceeds us by saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. And this is, this is he says this even before. Uh, he asked Peter, he says, Peter, um, who do the multitude say that I am? Peter's response was, uh, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah. Uh, others say one of the prophets of old has risen again. And Jesus says, but Peter, who do you say that I am? 
Peter answered and said, the Christ of God. This was a critical juncture in Jesus' ministry to his disciples because he was, really, he was really getting them to the point where they understood uh, what it would cost, what it would cost for them to follow him. You know, he, he, he says to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him first deny himself. Second, he must take up his cross daily. And then lastly, he says, he must follow me. And it's, it's, it's interesting when, when you go back and you look at the scripture. So there, there are three things when it comes to following Christ. If we are striving to be his followers and his disciples, three things we must do. The first one is denying ourselves. The second one is taking up our cross. And it is different. And the last one is following after him. So just a little bit about what it is we have to do. The first one is self-denial. 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 What is, what is self-denial? The word deny means to repudiate, to renounce, or to disown. So if I am going to be a follower of Christ, and there, there's a denying of myself that has to take place. There's a denying of myself that has to take place. So, what, so um, in order for me to understand that, um, what does it mean for me to deny, deny myself? It means everything that I consider um, critical and important and valuable to me, then I have to, I have to turn away from it. And I was, th I was thinking about that. I was thinking about the best way to communicate that. And how many of you have ever started a sentence with, I think, or I feel, or I wish, or I want, or I hope, I think, I feel, I wish, I want, I hope. All of those, all of those, all of those are a precursor to yourself, aren't they? Huh? Those those words serve as a precursor to whatever it is that is that is true to how you where you value yourself. You know. So, in order for us to get a little bit of understanding of what the self denial means, let's look at Philippians chapter two. In Philippians chapter two. Paul, in his letter to the, to, the church, to the church of Philippi, he says, if, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, any fellowship of spirit, any affection, any compassion. So how, how many of us are, in, are encouraged in Christ? Huh? How, many, how many of you remember how you felt when you first got saved? I mean, if you remember how you felt this morning when you woke up, were you encouraged in Christ? What is the encouragement in Christ? My encouragement in Christ is that I have victory, isn't it? Isn't that one of, one of the first things that we want to talk about, the victory that we have in Christ? Huh? And, and oftentimes, our, our belief in Christ, um, you know, we understand that the Word of God has said that Christ has overcome the world, hasn't he? Huh? He's defeated death, hell, and the grave. 
Is that right? And when we go back and we recount all the scriptures that indicate all of the all of the the benefits, the benefits that come with with living in Christ. You know, uh, new mercies we receive every day, don't we? Daily we are loaded with benefits, aren't we? Huh? We are the head and not the tail. No weapon is formed against me shall prosper. Is that what the word says? Hey, I, I am my, I'm blessed in my baskets and my storehouses. Is that what the word says? I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Is that what the word says? Huh? That is what, nay, in all these things I am more than a what? I am more than a conqueror. That is what the word says, isn't it? Huh? That is that is what the word says. So so when we when we look at all of those things that the word says as it pertains to our to our position in Christ, our position in Christ is from a position of what? Victory, isn't it? Our position in Christ is from a position of victory. But our position in Christ is also from a position of self-denial. Right now, we, we are encouraged about the benefits in Christ, but let's look at what Christ did. The Bible says, and Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, he says, um, He says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Do not merely look out for your own interests but also for the interests of others. Now, how easy is that? To look out for the interests of others more so than yourself. Is that right? To guard one another as more important than you. Right? He says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. And this, this, is, this, is where, this is where we get a truer picture, a true understanding of, of how we position ourselves in Christ so that, so that we are truly following him. Because the Bible says that Jesus was equal with God, right? He was in the form of God, right? Right, but he did not regard, with, he did not regard his equality with God as a thing to be grasped. So here Jesus was. Here Jesus was in eternity. He was in the form of God. He was equal with God. But it was not something that he valued to the extent that he, he was unwilling to do what God's will was in bringing God's creation back to him. Does that make sense? Now, in Genesis, what, in Genesis, what does the word say? Let us make man, Genesis 1 and 26, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness, right? That's what he said, isn't it? He said, let us make man in our own image and our own likeness. And when you, when you look at the fall of man, when, when the serpent went to Eve, what did he tell her? He says, you should eat of the tree. No, he said, we can't eat of that tree. No, if you eat of that tree... He knows if you eat of that tree, you will do what? You will become how? Like him. You will become like him, knowing what? Knowing good and evil. That is, that is, what, he's, that is what he said in his word. So the, oftentimes the, the, the biggest struggle for us, the biggest struggle for us is our denial of ourselves. 
Why? Because, because there is an inherent equality that we have. There's inherent, there, there, is, there is an inherent equality that we have that says, me, myself, I am in a position to make my own decisions. I am in my own position to do what it is I want to do. I mean, how many of you like somebody to tell you what to do? Huh? How, how, many, how many of us are okay with someone telling us what to do? Has, 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 has anyone ever told you what to do and, and you responded with an attitude like you don't, or, or said you don't tell me what to do? Huh? <laughs> this week? This, this week? Huh? But but you know the thing the thing is it it can it it happens so it happens so quick and this is this is why it's so important it's so important for us to develop that mindset that says okay I can deny myself I can give you a great example yesterday yesterday we were at uh, the Panther Stadium volunteering for a soccer game and so I and first first of all you need to understand that. I'm not the one that's jumping up and raising my hand saying, pick me anyway, just to go in the first place. That ain't, that ain't me. And I'm not all smiles and giggles when I get there like, ooh, this is so, in, this is an enjoyable thing. No, it's work and it's, I, I can't wait, I'm ready to go five minutes after I arrive. But I'm doing it for a reason, I'm doing it for a purpose because sometimes we have to do things, right? Sometimes we have to do things. So I, I was working the cash register, right? And it got towards the end of the game. And it wasn't, people weren't coming to the concession stand anymore. So it was a lot of us that were just standing in the back. And one of, one, one of the people who was there, now anybody can do anything, any job. We're all trained to do the same thing. So there was somebody that was there that was out where the concession was. We were in the back. And they came through, and somebody just wanted to come buy a hot dog. Bless their heart. They just wanted a hot dog. And they saw them there and then walked in the back and said, who's on the cash register? Somebody needs to buy something. But you could have just rung them up while you were right there. <laughs> and, and you know what? Mr. Simon, something came over me. <laughs> I got right indignant. Because I turned around and I looked. Y'all saw, who saw, you saw the look, didn't you? Yeah, I felt bad after that look. But it, no, I, no, I didn't. I'm, I'm lying. I am lying. I felt good after that look. That look made me feel, but I walked out and I took care of the customer. But in, in that moment, you see, you see so often, a lot of times, there are, thing, there are things, there are values that we have huh? that, are, that are unique to us that oftentimes interfere with our ability to, be, to, to really be who we are in Christ. Every day, there are things, that, there are things about us. There, there are things about us that, that are in direct conflict to our following Christ. 
every day. It's, it might be a, it's an attitude, a thought, a disposition. Those are things in our lives that can be a direct conflict and contradictory Victory to who we say we are in Christ because, because it's as quick as an attitude. And that, that's where you get into that point. It goes all the way back to I feel. Why? Because I felt like he should have been able to take care of that customer, right? But I, did, did I have a right to feel, to feel that way? Now, what, do, what does that do, what does that do to, to, to who, I, who I say I am, who I proclaim to be? Because the more, the more I exercise that, the more I exercise that right, the more it becomes prevalent in my life. Is that right? The more I, the more I exercise that. But look at what Jesus did. The, the word says Jesus emptied himself. Amen. How many of us empty ourselves? How many of us empty ourselves? Empty ourselves from the standpoint, if I look at every situation, every scenario, every circumstance I'm in, what I'm going to do is I'm going to empty myself, which means it has nothing to do with what I, how I feel, how I think, how I wish, how I want, how I hope. But what I do is I take everything, every fact, Every fact that, that is relative to this situation, to the circumstance, I take it and I measure it against what the Word says. Is that right? I measure it against what the Word says. And when I measure it against what the Word says, then now it, it puts me in a position where it's not about me. It's not, it's not, it, is not, it is not about me. You know, we laugh when we play about the Scripture that says... Um, um, uh, if someone slaps you on one cheek, what do you do? Come here, brother mine. <laughs> but it, you know, we we how, how easy how how easy is that? Would that be for us? But when you go back and when you go and you look at that scripture, it also says if someone sues you, if someone takes you to court and sues you for something that you have, you give them everything. Uh, <laughs> it got quiet in here. <laughs> <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. But, but, you know, and, and see, here's the thing. You have to understand, it. what did, what did, one thing, there was one thing that Jesus knew. Jesus knew that his father had a will for him. And Jesus had a confidence that his father's will was going to work to his good. You know, we stand and we say, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord who are called according to his purposes. How many of us believe that? And how many, how, many, how many of us believe that and our actions line up with that even when what we see, even when what we see does not give the appearance that all things are working together for our good? Because that is the easiest situation and time for you to revert back to what? To yourself. 
Because when we measure things in our life, it comes, it comes down to how we feel we should be treated and what we feel we should be experiencing. So can you stand to be mistreated by someone for the sake of Christ? So it's not about my goals or my desires, but instead I'm seeking God and his kingdom and his righteousness. The Bible says Jesus emptied himself, right? So he emptied himself and he said, you know what? It's not about what I want. What did he say in the, when he went into the garden to pray? He said, Father, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me, let it be. Nevertheless, not as I will, uh, but, but as you will. How are we willing? We've got to be willing to stay where in the situation that we're in for the sake of Christ, for the sake of God's will. Are, are, and oftentimes, are we willing to do that? Do we, do, we cons- do we value Christ so much? Do we value Christ so much that we say, you know what? You know, I'm going to to stay in this situation. Why? Because I want to see God's will worked out in this situation. I want to see what it is he's going to do. And in order for me to do that, I've got to do what? I've got to deny myself. I can handle being mistreated. I can handle being talked about. I can even handle things not working out the way I feel that the, the way they should be. You hear what I said? The way I feel that they should be. So that means I'm not, I'm not denying myself. I can stand in this situation believing that God has already worked this situation out. Why? Because this situation is working for what? For my favor. Right? And see, and see oftentimes, sometimes the reason God is not able to move in the situations is because we haven't denied ourselves. Because we're too busy standing on the throne. We're too busy making the decisions. We're too busy making the calls. We're too busy saying this is how this is how it is going to be. As opposed to God, how how what are you doing? How are you working this thing out? I mean, wouldn't you rather let God make the decision than you? So there's there's a there's a denial that has to take place. The second thing that he said, he said, after you do not deny yourself, and you can't, you can't, you cannot do this thing without first denying yourself, is carrying your cross. Carrying your cross. What is a cross? What they did with crucifixions is a, a cross would weigh about three hundred pounds. But you had to carry at the cross beam, which weighed usually weighed around a hundred pounds. And when it, whenever there, whenever there was a crucifixion, the purpose behind the crucifixion ultimately was death. But what they also wanted to do in the death was to humiliate you. They wanted to torture you and to humiliate humiliate you. 
one, for the accusation that, that, was, that was put against you, but two, so that those who saw you, those who saw you would think twice, would think twice about committing, doing whatever it was you were being crucified for. And oftentimes what they would have, have, you do, have you do is they would have you carrying that cross in the streets, marching from, from one point to the place of crucifixion. So Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you've got to deny yourself first, right? And then, you, then you've got to carry your cross, right? So what, so what, is, what is the cross of Christ? Um, Jesus, Jesus was sought. They wanted to kill Jesus. Why? Because of who he was. They wanted to kill him for who he was. Jesus, Jesus said, no servant is greater than his what? No servant is greater than his master, right? If we all who live godly will suffer what? Will suffer persecution. All who live godly will suffer, suffer persecution. So if I'm following after Christ, the first thing I've got to contend with is me. Somebody say me. me. The first thing I've got to contend with is me. I've got to contend with the denying of myself. The second thing I've got to understand is I've got to carry my cross. What is, what is, what is my cross? The cross is because of who I am in Christ. It now means that there are some things that I'm going to experience. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations. Why? Because I have made a, a proclamation that I am a follower of Christ. Does that make sense? Taking up your cross is not something that you accomplish in, in an emotional moment. Or you don't, finally, you don't finally get to a point where you say, oh, I'm, I'm taking up my cross. But Jesus said you've got to carry your cross how often? How often? Daily. That, mean, that means when, when, I, when I wake up in the morning, there's a cross that I have to bear. There's a cross that I have to carry. So in, carry, in carrying that cross, what does that mean? Throughout my day, there are going to be some challenges and there are going to be some things that I'm going to face that are not going to seemingly work in my favor. How many of you, how many of you have had things that seemingly did not work in your favor? And it's in that moment, you've got to have a confidence that says, I know God has already worked this thing out for me. Huh? I've got to have a confidence knowing that God, whether it's a report that the doctor gave you, whether it's a bill that needs to be paid, you've got to have a confidence knowing that God has worked this thing out. Right? I've got to have a confidence knowing that. And I've got to be careful. I've got to be careful that I don't do anything, that I don't do anything to interfere with the the plan that God has in place with how he plans to work this thing out. I've got to be careful that I don't put my cross down. I've got to, I've got to be careful that I've got, I've got to be careful that I don't go sit back on the throne. Is that right? Why? Because I understand that if I stay right where I am, there's a greater chance that this is going to work for my good than if I go back and do what it is I want to do. How many conflicts do you think we could have avoided in our lives if we had just kept our mouths shut? 
Huh? How many, conf how many conflicts do you think that, that we could have avoided if we just kept our mouth? I mean, it's, it, it's, 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 it's crazy. We got to understand. Something happened at work last week. And it was a it was a it was a simple thing that somebody said, and one person went to another person, and then that evening, guess what? It's all over Facebook. So now everybody's upset. Everybody's upset, and then guess what comes out of it? Somebody loses their job. Now, now, when something was said, if, if one person had just let it go, if one person had just let it go, then, then that person might still be working. But how many times, how many times have we caused different outcomes because of, because we've refused to let things go? I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's best, you know, you, you just, if we just keep, shut our mouths and, and don't, and don't say anything, I mean, I, I kept thinking about what would have happened if I had said something to somebody to, to that person yesterday. You know, that could have caused a whole lot of problems. Even my look was my look was bad enough. Because other people saw it. Not not just but but we but we have to we have to understand that, that these things can happen in an instant. Do you know that? That they, they can happen in an instance. So, so, I, so I have to understand, how many of you believe that God has a plan for your life? Yeah. And along that plan, he has orchestrated some things. He has a path that he wants you to take. And along that path, there are going to be some challenges and there are going to be some difficulties. Now, first, you have to have a confidence in knowing that he said, that he's, he's already said that you're going to be victorious, Right? He's already said that you have the victory, but when it comes to my life in Christ, when it comes to my life in Christ and my denying of myself and taking up my cross, I've got to understand things are not always going to, to appear as though I'm living a victorious life. Things are not always going to appear that I'm the head and not the tail, that I'm above and not beneath. Things are not always going to appear as if no weapon that's formed against me is prospering because every time I turn around, it seems like every weapon that's come, that comes my way is knocking me down. But the other side of that is there's, there's a confidence in knowing that my end is going to be greater than my beginning. And that right now, the writer in Hebrews said that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, what did he do? He, what did he do? He endured the cross. He endured the cross, but then he also says he did what? He despised the shame. In other words, can you, can you get to a point where you can despise the shame? 
In other words, in other words, however it looks, however it looks, however it makes me look, is not going to be so bad that I can't stand it, that I can't stand here and deal with it and allow God to do in the situation what it is he wants to do. That's carrying your cross. That's carrying your cross. To say, you know what, in this situation, I believe that God is working this thing out. I believe that, that, that God is not going to allow me, God is not going to allow me to be in a place where I'm not going to come out on top. But I've got to have a confidence and belief that this is what, he was going, what, he's, what he's going to do. The last thing he said is follow after him. So once you've carried, once you've denied yourself, and then once, you're, once you've carried your cross, now it comes down to following after him. That is, that is where the discipleship comes on. It is a lifelong daily process of transformation. You're not conformed to this world, but you know what? You're transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. So now that, I, now that I'm following after Christ. So our willpower, determination, and strength cannot help us meet those challenges when it comes to discipleship. What enabled Jesus to meet those challenges was his dependence on the Holy Spirit. His dependence on the Holy Spirit enabled him. It enabled him to meet the challenges that he was to face. Why? Because he knew. He knew that it was not his will, but it was about the will of the Father. So my following after Christ requires that I do what I depend on the Holy Spirit. Believing, trusting, knowing that he is leading and guiding me. And he is, helping, he is helping to manifest the fruit of the Spirit in my life. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering, huh? gentleness, right? So I'm following after Jesus. What am I doing? I'm, I'm going where he goes. I'm walking where he walks. I'm doing what he's done, what he does. Why? Because now, now I've gotten to a point where I've become a disciple, a follower of Christ. And in order for me to be that follower of Christ, as, as I, as in order for me to be that follower of Christ, there, there is a mindset that I have to have that says, that says you know what, I am, I am able, I am able and I am willing to give the Holy Spirit control over my life, to allow him to lead me and to guide me, that he is going to take me into places that are going to be a challenge for me. He is going to take me into places that are going to be a struggle for me.
He is going to take me into places that are going to be, that are going to have a high degree of difficulty. But my confidence and my trust lies in what? Lies in God. So no matter what I face in my life, no matter what I'm going through, I I relate it to the denying of myself, the carrying of my cross, and my following after Christ. So those phrases, what I do in my life is I work to eliminate those phrases that say, I will, I hope, I feel, I wish. And I replace it with the word says. The word says. The word does. The word is. And as I begin to do those things, what will I begin to see? I will will begin to see a change take place. You know, a a lot of the struggles that we face in our lives have to do with our mindset and have to do with our thought processes. That if we could ever get to the place where we could change our minds. Somebody say, change, change my mind. <laughs> we change our minds all the time. <laughs> we change our minds all the time. But how many of us want to say, I changed my mind for the good. I changed, I changed my mind for the good. Because if I look at this not from a different perspective, but from God's perspective, if I look at this from God's perspective, then I'll see a different outcome. I'll see a different outcome. It'll bring about a change in my attitude, a change in my disposition, and a change in the outcome. Why? Because I've allowed him, I've allowed him to have control. Because it's no longer about me. And, and it's no longer about my, my equality. It's no longer about my equality. It's about my submission. And we're getting ready to close. But I got one question. What do you deserve? What do you deserve? And what does he deserve? What do you deserve? And what does he deserve? And which one? Which one means the most to you? Let's stand to our feet.